Hi, I'm Rick Anthony, and welcome to the Someone You Should Know podcast, the podcast that focuses on musicians, authors, and interesting people. We like to say we're making a difference one artist at a time. So sit back, have a cold one, and get ready to meet someone you should know. Today's podcast guest joins me. Actually, actually, he joined me about this time last year. He's a longtime friend of mine. We go back to 2003 when he was handling public relations for the Checker Shucks and Craig and Funny Car team in the National Hot Rod Association. He's got a brand new book about those days. He's my buddy, Bob Wilbur. Bob, thanks for joining me again. Thanks, Rick. Always glad to be with you. And uh, yeah, it's a new book, but it's really an old book. Yeah, no kidding. The last time we had you on the show, we were talking about how far. It's a tale of determination, DNA, and drama. This book is titled The Lost Manuscript, and it's literally, it was a lost manuscript, right, Bob? Exactly. I wrote this in 2001. I just somehow woke up one morning and decided that it would be a great idea to to write a diary of the whole season. And there goes a cat. There's a cat. Yeah, absolutely. That's that one's that, one, that one's Chloe. That one's Chloe. <laughs> I love that. Oh, you they they run they run this place as far as that yeah, goes. Yeah, my, my cat does too. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it, anyway, it's... I I decided it would just be a great idea to write a diary of the whole season, even though there was no real good reason to do that. Uh, we hadn't been all that successful to that point with our CSK sponsorship. We had won one race in four years. And I decided, well, I'm going to, I'm just going to write it all down. Mm-hmm. And on top of all the PR stuff I had to write anyway. So, um, I wrote it all down and it turned out to be, a, as Dell said, it turned out to be a season that changed our lives. And I just got lucky. Indeed it, it did. Let, let's talk about that season. Dale wound up winning four races, ended up third in points that season. Frankie had a good year. Also Frank Pedragon had a good year driving the blue car. And it's it's a whole lot easier writing stories as a public relations person about winning versus you know reasons to sugarcoat a loss, right? As, as Chuck Worsham used to uh, say to me, every time we have a really bad weekend, he'd say, "How are you going to sugarcoat this one?" <laughs> <laughs> so those words are apropos, huh? <laughs> they were apropos, and and that was my job. I had to uh, say, "Well, no, yeah, we." didn't hardly qualify and we lost in the first round, but here's all the reasons why it was a good day. So the, yeah, it was, um, it, it was something that was hard to do, but I dove in and by, I don't know, the second month writing this thing, it was just part of my life. It was, I, I was just writing it every day. I would, I would write in the transporter lounge. I would write in my hotel room. I'd write on the airplane. I'd write anywhere I had time to write what happened that day. So it was real time. It wasn't like I kept notes and then uh, a year later wrote them all down. It, it was as it happened, I wrote it and uh, it turned out to be pretty darn good. Yeah, I'd say Dell with four wins. Frankie wound up winning the Big Bud shootout over there at the Mac Tools Nationals. It, yeah. is, it was just a, a fun, fun year. And for Dell to wind up getting 30 points for that season, that says a lot about the team, the CSK team. Dell was driving the red car. Frankie was driving the blue car. And uh, and how did Chuck feel about that season? I think he was pretty happy, too, huh? You never know with Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> you just never know. The, the guy is so stoic. He's a wonderful man, and he's a genius, right? Uh-huh. Um, anytime I would be stuck with some sort of math problem, <laughs> like when we were like trying to figure out the dimensions of the awnings for the transporters, 
I'd be like, I, I don't know. Uh, that looks like about this many feet. <laughs> Chuck would come out and just say, that's this, that's this, divide by this, times it by that, and you got your number. <laughs> like, okay, all right, you, you got it. Uh, that's what we'll do. So, yeah, Chuck was so stoic. Uh, you never knew what he thought. He, he didn't celebrate as a starting line like the rest of us did. He, he would just kind of stand there and fold his arms across his chest so no one could get too close to him. <laughs> he didn't like to high five. He didn't like to hug. He definitely didn't like to hug anybody. So uh, I think Chuck appreciated everything I did. Uh, and that's good. <laughs> so yeah. if Chuck Worsham appreciates what you did for the team, that's a good thing. I agree with you. Now, in the process of editing the book, you had to have some moments that you've completely forgotten about. And uh, could you share some of those? Oh, gosh. Well, there's too many. Um, the truth is, when we found the manuscript, when it was lost for 22 years, uh, my wife and I both read it because uh, it was only one printed copy ever, ever. And we we found it. And we read it, and both of us said, son of a gun, this is really good. you you got to publish this. But it was really hard to get in shape to be published. Uh, it was written in 2001 in some ancient operating system that no longer <laughs> exists. And uh, it was only printed, so we had to digitize it and then take it up to the FedEx former Kinko's place and have them put it into a PDF and then format that into something else. And everything got scrambled. Bet. I'll bet. The, 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 the grammar in it was, and the punctuation marks were just, just in, they were flummoxed. They were yeah, everywhere. They, they, they ended up in some type of ASCII code. I, I, I noticed that a lot of times when you have quotes, especially those, you'll they'll wind yeah. up with some kind of four, six, nine, three, two, eight pie. You know, it's just like, what the heck is that yeah, supposed to be? Especially the pie. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime there was like a, a close quotes or an exclamation point, they, they would just turn into something bizarre. Yeah. And so, you know, you're only talking about 350 pages, but you go through that page by page, line by line, and you miss 90% of them because yeah. they are so hidden. And um, so my wife, Barbara, and I both went through it about a dozen times each and there are still things like that in the book. And, and I finally just put on social media, hey, it is what it is. Um, we did the best we could. This is how it looked in 2001. Uh, so have at it. But no, nah, I can't fix everything here. Was this just sitting in a box in the garage or where did you find it? It was in our utility room in a cheap plastic Target uh, chest of drawers. <laughs> and we were having a uh, neighborhood uh, garage sale. And Barbara was actually on the hunt for something specific. She was looking, I don't know what it was. She was looking for something specific. And so she's going through the utility room, kind of like, where is that? Where is that? And she opens this drawer in this plastic chest and, and says, no, not in there. And I said, whoa, what is that? And it was the manuscript, uh, the only printed copy of it uh, with a big black clip holding it together. And that was it. And I pulled it out and said, I got to read this. I, I bet it's terrible. I bet it's just absolutely amateurish. And she said, wow, okay, we'll both read it. And uh, here we are with a book that's selling like wildfire. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. We'll tell you how to get a copy of that coming up in a couple of minutes. But before we continue, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I invite you to check us out on the World Wide Web at someoneyoushouldknowpodcast.com. There you're going to find our recent news, our archive of past episodes, and a whole lot more. And by the way, if you're visiting, we'd love for you to go ahead and leave us a, a comment. Let us know how we're doing. You can find that on the bottom of the very first page. Scroll to the bottom and leave us a comment. We do appreciate good and bad comments so that we can always improve the show. And we're so blessed to reach so many cities around the world in 1,700 cities around the world, 80 countries, and we'd like to thank a couple of new ones, Lincoln, Nebraska, Polson, Montana, and Vinsloev, Sweden. I think I got the Vinsloev, Sweden. Thanks for listening. The Someone You Should Know podcast heard wherever quality streaming audio is available. We're speaking with Bob Wilbur. Bob and I go way, way back, and the last time we talked, Bob, it, of course you had your book, How Far. You also had Bats, Balls, and Burnouts. How does this book compare to the previous two? Well, it's uh, completely different in that I wrote it 22 years ago. <laughs> okay. And the other two I actually wrote kind of in real time. Um, Bats, Balls, and Burnouts was a test for me. I retired from being a PR guy on the NHRA tour to write that book. And it was my life story. Um, yeah, audacious. Everybody heard about my life story, but it sold very well. And um, it, it, it was a real challenge to write but um i I felt like i had done what i needed to do uh to to get it out there second book um how far was a gigantic leap in that it was historical fiction and i made up two characters a hockey player and a baseball player and put them in real life situations so everything else in the book is very historical it's real and and all the stats are right all the teams are correct all the other people are right i just made up the two guys and that was i would call that a challenge also but also fun took me a long time to write that book i ended up in the hospital at the end of it jeez (laughs) oh yeah just because i was just pressing myself like i gotta get this done i gotta get this done and i just i wasn't sleeping i wasn't eating i wasn't doing anything right and uh, yeah, I ended up in the hospital for four days. So, oh Lord! Um, this one, you know, I wrote this way back in two thousand one, and never thought about it at all. And that was never a concern of mine. I didn't feel like I was worthy. Uh, I, I didn't have that kind of self image. I uh, I was only in my fifth year as a PR guy in the uh, NHRA for Del Worsham. I was still kind of like trying to find my place and. Uh, sit in a media room full of veterans who had all done this for 20 years. And I felt like the new guy. I absolutely felt like the new guy. And so I just put it away. I just set it down. I don't know where I put it. I put, I just put it away. I thought that's it. I wrote it. That's cool. I'm glad I did it. Um, And I put it in a drawer somewhere and lost it for 22 years. But it's not like I thought for all 22 years, like, where is that? I, I, totally mentally just erased it like wow. okay I, I don't i don't know i don't even remember that i <laughs> someday i don't know but I, I i wasn't worried about it i wasn't stressed i like i just put it away and that, that was it wow. what was your final season uh, of uh, doing pr for the nhra bob oh gosh 2015 with tim wilkerson actually adele drove another year like about 2016 17 wasn't that with alan Abbey? No, uh, with his own car. With his own him car. And Chuck. Okay. Yeah. And he asked me, could you help me out with some PR? And so that wasn't really a full-time job. Mm-hmm. It was just me helping out a friend is what it was. But um, 
uh, the the last full time year I had was 2015 with Tim Wilkerson. Okay, uh, well, you had your chance to have so many great moments being in the winner's circle numerous times and such. What was your favorite moment? Oh gosh, it's got to be Indy 2005. Okay, um, you know we won the the shootout for a hundred thousand um, uh, dollars. It was the budge. No, it was a Skoll showdown then, because <laughs> it had different sponsors. Yeah, I on know. It. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was fun keeping so up with we, LA. We won, we won that. That's 100 grand. And I never thought of money. I, I thought it was a bad omen to think about money. Um, it's about winning. It's about points. Mm-hmm. About pride. It's about doing well. It's about being respected as a team. And um, you couldn't help it in that showdown, because it was that's all it was was money it was a hundred thousand dollars and then if you won the u.s nationals on the same weekend you got a fifty thousand dollar bonus and a seventy five thousand dollar uh winner's check and we did that too uh and we were still one of those hey those guys are pretty good uh and they're great guys like those guys a lot but we weren't in the class with john force or ron caps or any of those guys we just weren't there yet and we we swept that deal and geez we won like two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars in one day yeah that that, that, that was, that makes it that was easier. our whole budget I mean, it makes it easier when you're paying forty thousand dollars for a motor when it blows you know <laughs> yeah. it was amazing it uh, helps out. Uh, that that moment when we won the u.s nationals and we all celebrated at the starting line. I almost passed out. <laughs> I had not, I had not taken a deep breath in about a minute and a half waiting for that lap to happen. Jeez, jeez. And we won by about a foot and a half, you know, so it was so close and so stressful. And, uh, yeah, we deserved every bit of that celebration. Awesome. Awesome. When you start talking about money, I'd never forget, uh, when I first got into the sport, they said, "You know how you make a million dollars in in the, in drag racing? Well, you start with two start million. Start with ten million. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. That's how you do it. Absolutely. Hey, how's the reception been so far since you released it? The reception from the public has been spectacular, and I think part of that is that there was such a built-in audience. Um, you know, I wrote that blog that I wrote on NHRA.com for ten years." and had 10,000 readers and they still remember that they still remember me. And so I go on social media and say, Hey, I I found this manuscript. Uh, We cleaned it up. We published it the day it went live on Amazon. It just to coin a phrase blew the doors off. Um, the funny thing is I don't really know, uh, the sales figures. I don't get them. Uh, it's funny as an author, you're the last person to know how many books you've sold. It's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of bizarre, but, um, so all I can see is my ranking on Amazon where I rank uh-huh. versus all the other books, all the other 3.7 million books on Amazon. And we're consistently in the top 1%. Oh, that's, and that that's really is cool. phenomenal. That is really cool. That, that blew my mind. Well, let's, let's see if we can do something to help grow that a little bit. I know that there is a motorsports fan on your Christmas list. Now, this is the ideal gift for that person. Now, in the show notes, I'm going to provide a link to purchase Bob's books, all three of them, especially this one here, for Christmas. And, Bob, what's a good couple of good links to uh, your social uh, media? Well, I'm on Facebook. Just check check my name. You'll find me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Uh, well, well, what used to be called Twitter, X, and now yeah. it's kind of a cesspool of death. <laughs> <laughs> and you got, um, a, you got a website, too. 
I have a website, bobwilber.net. We haven't updated it yet for the new book. Mm -hmm. Um, as it turns out, GoDaddy is really bad at wanting to do updates for you oh, when when you want to like add a new book to your website. Oh. But um, it's all there, and um, yeah, you you can check me out on socials all over the place. Awesome, very good. Well, once again, check the show links. We're going to have the links to all of Bob's social media links, his website, and of course to get a copy of this book for the holidays. Any other books in the works, Bob? No, I, this one wasn't in the works. <laughs> 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 It's really funny. I, I didn't know what I was doing next. Back a year ago, I was like, well, well what's next? And I, I really thought I was going to write a sequel to How Far, mm -hmm. my second book. Because those two fictitious characters would would have kids. And those kids would have their own story to tell. And I thought, that's what I'll do. And it just never got any mental traction for me. I, I never got up in the morning and thought, let's start writing that. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a bad sign for it. For a, for a writer. If you don't want to write it, it's probably not the right thing to do. And then we stumbled on this manuscript and I turned to Barbara and I said, here we go. This is it. This is the next book. And um, I would say based on the rankings on Amazon, it is uh, selling at two or three times the pace of either of the first two books. Wow, that is excellent. That is excellent. Hopefully we can make that go even further this holiday season. The book is called yeah. The Lost Manuscript by my buddy Bob Wilbur. That's W-I-L-B-E-R, not U-R. So <laughs> keep that in, in mind. Final thoughts? You did, Final thoughts? You did that, you, you did that perfectly because every time I spell my name, whether it's to a banker or someone else, I always spell it W-I-L-B-E-R. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put the emphasis on the E. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what about uh, any final thoughts? What else is going on with Bob and Barbara? Oh, gosh. We just got back from Hawaii. We were uh, on uh, the Big Island for about five days and then on Kauai for five days. Uh, my sister lives on Kauai. So uh, my sister's only 11 months older than me, and we are so close. We're like twins. Well, well we are. We're Irish twins, as we call Because <laughs> we're 11 months apart. Um and that was wonderful. Um, despite the red eye flight home, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's always worth going to Hawaii and uh, especially those two islands. They're our favorites. Awesome, Bob. Once again, we invite everybody to check him out on social media. Get yourself a couple dozen copies of this because everybody on the Christmas list is going to want a copy of this. It's called The Lost Manuscript from my buddy, Bob Wilbur. Bob, it's always a treat to have you on the show. Please give our love to Barbara, and uh, I hope you have a nice, mild winter up there in, um, in uh, Minnesota. Well, according to El Nino, we are, so we'll see. <laughs> but uh, hopeful thinking that it'll be a mild winter. But thank, thanks, Rick. It's always great to see you and great to talk to you. Hi, this is Rick Anthony thanking you again for listening to this episode of Someone You Should Know. Now, if you're an aspiring musician or an established musician that's looking for a little exposure, I invite you to drop us a line at someone you should know podcast at gmail.com. That's someone you should know podcast at gmail.com. Also, I invite you to tell a friend about the Someone You Should Know podcast. I thank you for tuning in this time and I invite you to check us out next time on the Someone You Should Know podcast, because you never know who's going to show up. Until next time, remember, God loves you, and so do I.